Welcome to a single serving podcast. This is where we change the discussion around being single into one that doesn't suck. I'm your host, Shaney Silver. I'm a writer and freelancer based in Brooklyn, and I've been single for 11 years. Whenever I see content for single women online, it's about dating, how to date, where to date, how to date better, how to survive dating. And I think we deserve more than that. So on this podcast, it's my goal to expand what we talk about when we talk about being single and acknowledge the realities of it that non-single people don't get to see. I'll be joined every week by guests and we'll talk about the positives, the negatives, and all the parts in between, and hopefully laugh about them too. Thank you so much for joining me. My guest today is a blogger, podcaster, and all-around influencer that I have been following for a while. Her name is Grace Atwood. Her blog is called The Stripe, and um, I think I gravitated toward Grace the same way that any of us gravitate toward anything. We tend to like stories when we can identify with them and when we can connect with them, and um, for me, a lot of the influencer and blogger space has been something that I couldn't really connect with because there's a pretty linear path that's pervasive throughout. It's the standard dating, engaged, married, baby, repeat. Well, repeat the baby part. Um, And with Grace, her path isn't that linear and her content is no less engaging. And it's, it's really cool to, to see her work and to see what she creates in a space And there's never a moment where you look at Grace and think, oh, you have less than the blogger who is a mom or than the blogger who is married. I have never once thought that looking at Grace's work. I've only ever thought like, oh, that's cool. Literally, that's my reaction to most of what Grace does is, oh, that's cool. So I wanted to have her on the podcast and she graciously said yes. So um, I hope you enjoy our conversation. And if there's anything we discuss in the podcast, um, there will be links and information below in the show notes if you want to check those out. Hi, Grace Atwood. Hi, it's so good to be here. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, it is a pleasure to speak with you. My guest today is Grace Atwood of The Stripe and Bad on Paper, which is a podcast if you haven't listened to, please listen to it the second this podcast is over or even pause this and listen to it now. I don't care either way, but um, thank you for being here. I'm so glad to be here. So what I'd like to do to get started is um, I want to talk to you about what what does being single look like to you? What does it feel like to you from your perspective? Like, where are you at with being single, essentially? I love it. I mean, I, so I basically live in a sorority house. So I live, (laughs) we're in my apartment right now recording. I have this big, um, kind of like loft style apartment in Brooklyn. There's four units in the building and two of the other units are occupied by my two best friends. Oh my God. So we are living the life. And I, um, I was dating somebody this fall, we broke up in January. It was um, my decision. I, I liked him, but the problem is, is like anyone I meet, no one's ever as fun or exciting or interesting or as ambitious as all my girlfriends. So <laughs> that's an amazing problem to have. I yeah, love that. like I have so many friends and I, I love my life. So anyone I date needs to like fit in with that. Yeah. And I'm, so I'm happily single. I'm also in a place right now where I'm really leaning into work. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my blog. I have my podcast. We're doing a little tour for our podcast this this spring. So I don't have time today. I, I, I'm on Hinge, which is my favorite of all the apps. Mm-hmm. But I just don't... I find myself forgetting to even check. Like, I used yeah. to try and go and, like, just swipe for, like, five minutes every day. Because they won't show you anyone good unless you do that. But um, <laughs> I just... I don't really have time right now and if I meet someone organically like that would be great mm-hmm. um like I'm always out and I talk to people I was in the park and I met a really cool guy like it wasn't a romantic thing but like 
I, I meet people all the time and I make new friends all the time, but like romantically, it's just a little bit harder. Yeah, same. Why? I'm really curious, why is Hinge your favorite? I like it because I think you can get an idea of someone's personality really quickly with the prompts. Okay. I think that the questions they ask, you can immediately weed out who's boring, who has a bad sense of humor, who is like just kind of lazy, I guess, and isn't going to take the time to just write something kind of funny and thoughtful. Yep. I like that too. I like when there's visible effort put into a dating app profile. Yeah. Like you're not, you're not better than the app. Like, come on, Uh, just do it. You're not better than, we're not better than anything. We're all on a very even playing field. And I, I like it when you participate in the playing field that you're in. I think one of the reasons I deleted all my dating apps was that I was just finding just such a lack of effort and participation and sort of like this overall sentiment of laziness throughout every app that I had. Um, and I've used them all. And I will say, like... What was your favorite? I think... I'm just going to interview you now. Yeah, sure. Um, I think Bumble was probably my favorite. Oh, really? See, I don't like reaching out. And I have feelings about Bumble. I think it makes men lazy. As if they're... We, they're already lazy, let's I mean, be honest. yeah. And it um, feeds their egos and makes them think they have all these women chasing after them. Oh, my God. That's my, that's my feeling. My best friend loves Bumble. I, I like it the most because I met the most people off of it in real life. Yeah. I think I had the most matches on Tinder. But okay. Tinder is just a cesspool of humanity. Yeah, I don't I haven't used Tinder in like four four years. You're not missing anything. Um I, I think I had like the most actual like human real life dates off of Bumble. Okay. Hinge wasn't too bad, but I found that Hinge was like they would come forward with these like revamps or like updates to the app and then I would hop in there expecting like something really innovative and I would get in there and I'm like this is the same the shit same thing. they are all the same they're shit. all the same and it's that's another reason why I'm just like why like no one's really showing anything innovative at all like the the main innovation behind it was the dating app itself a long time ago yes and there haven't been any real improvements that have generated anything positive or more importantly than positive they haven't generated anything fun i haven't had fun on a dating app in years so yeah. they have been gone since february and they are never coming back yeah i just like you if you're i mean you are very invested in your career at the moment and like there really is there really are so many ways to fill a day yeah and if you're not getting back what you put into something well that's what's so hard when you're self-employed because yeah. like every hour that i spend working on my site or working on my podcast that is going to be more traffic to my site or more affiliate revenue or more whatever it is and impact me really positively whereas and you can't look at it this way like it's just a bad mentality to have but like it's like oh I spent an hour swiping or I went on a terrible date or like I did this and it was awful so it's really easy to get I think downtrodden by all of that I agree. The ROI on dating is terrible. There's zero ROI. So you have to kind of dig to find it. I think, like, I I don't regret all the years that I spent on dating apps or even going on, like, endless dates. Yeah. Because all of it teaches you something. All of it. Yeah. But I I did, I do think I hit, like, a tipping point where, like, I I know enough, guys. I think think I've learned enough for now. I think I'm I'm done with that. Yeah. Um, So one thing that, I'm sure people listening know this about you, but just in case, so Grace, um, has a blog and a very vibrant social media and I would would you call yourself an influencer is that a word you would use there's no better word for it okay there you so go so I, I am I hate the word I am, <laughs> everyone hates I am the what word. I hate I call myself I, if people ask me like what I do I say oh I run a small lifestyle website and I have a podcast but when you're trying to find an 
a um, noun for like one word to describe what it is that's influencer. Yeah, I agree. There hasn't been a better word that's come up yet. I think content creator sounds really pretentious and weird. Yes, um, it does. Yeah, I could. I I honestly think what I am is a marketer, but that doesn't really come across well either. It does because if you say you're a marketer, which is true, you're a very good marketer. But like because I think that takes the soul out of what I do. Too. It does, and like a lot of the time, what you're marketing is yourself, and that tends to make people <laughs> feel a little bit icky. Yeah, that's that's icky. Yeah, so like there's, I feel like influencer just is the way to go. It's, yeah. yeah, there's no better word. Someone please make one. <laughs> Well, work. If you have an idea, please email a single serving podcast at gmail.com with what we should call influencers. Thank you. Um, so I wanted to speak with you as an influencer to get your perspective on something because I work and have worked in the influencer space. Um, I've had my own blogs and own Instagrams and shit for a very long time. And I wanted your perspective on a common theme that I've seen in the influencer space because, so I'm 36, I'll be 37 next month. And I'm of the generation that has seen the evolution from there were no bloggers or influencers to now, like, what they are today. Yeah, same. Yeah. I've been, like, mocked for it, so then now those people who mocked it are like, oh, I want to start that. Like, can you tell, give me some advice? I'm like, you can't do that. I mean, we are, like, the cusp. Also, yeah. I was online dating when people still thought that that meant you were going to get stuffed in the back of a car and, like, driven out to the woods or something. Yeah, that so, too. Yeah, like... People used to tell me not to do it because it was dangerous, and then those exact same people a couple years later were like, have you tried online dating? Yeah. I can't. Um, But part of this, like, crest of the wave that we are has seen blogging evolve from women who were single in blogging to dating in blogging to engaged in blogging to planning a wedding in blogging. And I then... think you had getting a dog in there, too. Somewhere. Oh, yeah. So definitely, I, I call the dog the pre-baby. Okay. So it usually comes after the wedding but before the child. Okay. Um, but, you know, everybody does it at their own pace. But, yeah, yeah there's, it's generally like dating, engaged, married, dog, pregnant, gender reveal, baby. And then repeat all the baby steps for the second child. Yeah. So it's a very, like, and I've seen this a lot, which is why I'm even talking about it with you, but, like, it seems like a very linear, like, this is the way we're going, this is the way everyone is being sort of, you know, corralled into a pen. Yeah. And you have not followed that linear path. You have created a a world that does not look like that, but is very engaging and fun to sort of participate in along with you. So I'm wondering, like, what is life like for you as an influencer who has not followed that, like, in quotes, traditional path? It's really fun. (laughs) Um, All of that sounds so boring. I mean, I don't want kids. Like, maybe I'll have them. I always say this, like, I think it's fine to say I don't want kids right now. Like, I'm 37, so I don't see myself in the next five years having a major change of heart. But, um, and I think that when you come to terms with that, it frees up the timeline a lot and you're a little less stressed. But personally, and I have a lot of girlfriends who have followed that exact track and we're very good friends and I love what they post, but, like, if it's someone I'm not friends with and they're posting that shit, like, unfollow. Yeah. It's so boring. It's yeah. so boring. So I always want everything I post to be interesting and exciting and fun. And, like, I've created this community of women. And some of them are married with kids. Some of them are married with no kids. Some of them are single. But I think just be always being really honest and being really true to myself has allowed me to create this community of women that, um, you know recognize the importance of female friendships, um, creating your own path rather than just subscribing to what society wants. I've never been a box checker. Like I have watched so many friends like, and bloggers too, that I don't even know 
go through the motions of getting married, having a child, and then regretting, hopefully not regretting the child, but <laughs> regretting the marriage, and um, getting divorced. So it's also very funny. I was on a date once with this guy, and he's like, so you've never even been, like, engaged or gotten divorced? And I was like, no, I haven't. And, I was, you know, I had one really long-term ex that I thought I was going to get engaged to, but we didn't get we didn't get there. And he was like, oh, it's okay. He's like, he's like, you know, you still seem cool. And I was like, wait, what are, what are you talking about? <laughs> you was, still seem cool. Yeah, I was just like, that is not what this is about. And, like, we wrapped things up pretty quickly after that. But I think that he thought that maybe something was wrong with me because I had never gotten to that point at, you know, I think I was age 35. And I was like, no, I've just been more careful. Like, and I've always just had a pretty strong conviction of who I am and what I want. And frankly, nobody I've met since my long-term ex has really like come to where I met me where I want them to. Yeah. If that's, that's not the right word, but you know what I mean? I know what you mean. And I think it's a, this podcast for sure is a safe space to discuss stuff like that. I think it's really rare that like, I mean, maybe somebody does regret the baby. And maybe that's okay, too. Like, it's yeah, okay. Yeah, I've had readers DM me saying, like, I had a very sad message from a reader who, or a, a, a follower. I call the, I call everyone readers, even my podcast listeners, because I'm so old school at the blog. I had a follower DM me and say, you know, it's really refreshing to see your stance on, like, pr- being pretty sure you don't want kids, you know, if... I kind of wish I didn't have mine. And I was like, oh, shit, that's a dark thing to admit to a stranger. Like, I mean, I think a lot. there's a lot of almost safety on the internet. Like, people yeah. think that I'm their friend. Yep. Um, even though we've never met. And I love that. Like, I love the relationship I have with some of my followers. But, oh, my God. It's heavy, but I think I also... Like, I would feel comfortable saying something like that to somebody that I already knew was a safe space. Yeah. Blah, space, safe space. Can I get that out? Yeah. For that piece of information to land. Because there aren't a lot of places to take that and put it somewhere. And if you can't put it anywhere, it just lives inside of you and grows. Yeah. And it can really... It can start to sting over time. But I, the same thing happens. I get emails from women who have been made to feel just like such failures because they haven't ever been engaged or they haven't yeah. ever been in a long-term relationship and there is no there never was any failure around any decision you ever made in your life like yeah that's terrible yeah it, it makes me very sad but it also makes me very proud that I am a place where they can take those yeah pieces of information um but yeah there's like societal expectations particularly as they pertain to women but like overall are very very heavy like we are expected to get engaged to get married to have babies and along that entire path we're expected to love it and we're expected for it to last for the rest of our lives and it's just unrealistic yeah it's totally unrealistic it's and like limiting as well like yeah. it feels very very limiting to me but anyway I also do not have any desire to have kids yeah um, so that helps like yeah. I, I think my story would be a lot different if I had that ache um mm-hmm. And it might make someone settle um, in a relationship because they want to to do that. And I don't see anything wrong with that. Like, everyone's different. Yeah. But it definitely is pretty – it's a lot more freeing when you have that. I feel that, too. And sometimes I feel very guilty about that, talking to single women, because I know there is so much urgency around the biology of having babies. Yeah. um, Which feels everywhere this week. Yeah, I know. I know. It's, like, too much for me to even 
to you. It's awful. It's awful. You know what's not awful, though? Um, Your skin. Can we talk (laughs) about your skin for, like, two seconds? Okay. So you can't see her, but Grace has wonderful skin, and I love discussing skincare with other human beings. Is there anything you've used lately that you really like? I've never discussed beauty products on this podcast before, but, like, we need to. Well, so this morning what I did was I did the... um, Pharmacy Green Clean, which is a cleansing balm. I just got a trial of that. It's good. It didn't take off my eye makeup, but I might also have intense eye makeup. You might maybe need to let it sit a little bit longer. Because I got my makeup professionally done yesterday for a a video that I filmed, and I took my makeup off after. But I just, like, massaged it in a little bit longer, and then I let it sit, and then I massaged it a little bit longer, and it took everything off. Amazing. Okay. Well, I'll break the sample back out because I was kind of pushing it to the back of the, like... Sephora sample pile of crap to try, but okay. And then I did an Elemis serum and then this face oil from a brand called St. Jane. Mm-hmm. But my number one holy grail that I tell everyone they need is expensive, but they have smaller sizes. It's the Dr. Augustinus Botter face cream. It comes in a purple jar. You can get it on net a You can get it at Neiman Marcus. Um, there's the rich cream and the regular cream. If you have um, normal, oily combination skin, get the regular one. I have very dry skin, so get the rich cream. It will change your life. I actually, on my podcast, coming out on Wednesday, so this two days after this drops, we have Linda Wells. Um, she was the founding editor of Allure. Oh, wow. And I asked her what her if she had one desert holy grail <laughs> skincare product, and she said that, and I felt so validated. Oh, my God. Okay. So it's not just me. No, Everyone loves it. We're going to put Dan- that in the show notes, too, so we can yeah. make sure people can find it. But... Diane Kruger is a fan. I could gush about this forever. Oh, my God. Yeah. I love having, like, one thing. One that... thing that everyone listening needs. Right? Yes. I have one, but it's a face, like, wash or scrub. It's um, Amore Pacific's, the, the like, powdery granules that, okay. like, you mix with water and use. Yeah. It's, like, an enzymatic peel or something, but it's just my daily face wash. Okay. It's the only thing that has made a visible and tangible difference in the texture of my skin. Okay. And now I'm obsessed with it and I have to use it all the time. It too is not cheap, which is like a running theme with amazing skincare, I feel like sometimes. But I pair it with a $16 lotion from Sephora that they just came out with. It's amazing. Okay. So it's all about high and low. Yeah. I'm a a big fan of high and low. And like all things. Like cuisine. Like travel. All of it. Yeah. Totally. So... Along, back to back to the line of, of questioning about being an influencer and not taking the, the path from straight being from here. Being a single influencer. Oh, my God. Ugh. I mean, it's... Two terrible words all at right? once. <laughs> if, if I accomplish nothing else in my life, I want to change the visceral reaction people have to the word single mm-hmm. as it applies to a woman. I think as it applies to men, it has never meant the same thing. Yeah. Um, but how do you think being single has benefited you as an influencer? Like, what have you been able to do or what perspective have you been able to have because you are single and doing this? Well, I mean, I have a lot more free time to work, which has helped me grow my brand. Um, But I think that it's definitely the community because I talk about being single and I think a lot of women, especially women in their 30s, can really relate to that. And again, it's kind of like that safe space where people can talk. And again, people feel like they can say anything to me because you know, we're on social media and it's sometimes easier to say something to a stranger than it is to like your best friend or your sister or your mom. Yeah. But, um, I'd say that, I don't know. I, I've never really thought about it. I've just been like, this is my life and I'm sharing like what I love and what I hate and like everything in between. So I will say that when I did have a boyfriend this fall, 
it was like my engagement had never been better. Like posted a st- him on my stories and like everyone was going crazy. I was getting congratulatory messages. It made me like want to vomit because I was like, I, I, I like just like launched a podcast and like doubled my traffic in three months. Like, why are you congratulating me on this dating someone? It wasn't just like I was engaged because, oh. or married. It was literally congratulations. I'm so happy for you. I'm like. That feels, like, really condescending. Um, that makes me feel a little bit physically sick, if I'm yeah. being honest. Like, I'm mazels on the engagement. Yeah. Not the... Yeah, great. The great. number is not a ring oh. or anything. Like, yeah. <laughs> but, like, con- congratulate someone on engagement or on a marriage, but, like, really, a, getting a having a boyfriend deciding you're going to just, like, not sleep with other people? Like, no! I think they were congratulating you for not being alone. Yeah. I was like, I have my cat, and, like, I have, like, 20... Like, the best group of friends anyone could ever ask for. And that is the biggest running theme with women I've talked to for this podcast and the responses I've gotten is like, if there is like one trick to really loving this life, despite what society enforces to you, it's the community around you and it's the friends around you. Absolutely. I've been trying to be a lot personally better about that because all of my best girlfriends don't live in the same city as me. Oh, that's hard. Really difficult. Um, But I love to travel. So it's, yeah. We work around it. Yeah. I went to the Met with my best friend who lives in New Orleans. She was in town last week. And she's like, hey, do you want to go see camp? And I'm like, A, you don't live here. B, I didn't know you were coming to town. Yeah. C, absolutely. Like, yeah. let's go. But yeah, if you if you have those people around you, there's no, like, that feeling of being alone or the feeling of not having something never really crosses your mind because there is, there is so much fullness yeah. that I don't think people get to see when they're partnered because... Yeah. It's just a different perspective. Everybody has a different perspective. And, like, to hear that your engagement with your audience grew simply because you yeah. had a man in your life. Oh, my God. It's gross. It's hard to swallow. Yeah. But um, it's also really, like, you learn something from that, too. Yeah. Wow. So you are – you do work for yourself, essentially, independently. Yes. And I like um, I like talking about freelancing and, and working for ourselves with single women because – I like that we're kind of doing it without a net. Yeah. And there's no backup income. There's no backup health insurance. Nope. It's sort of all on us. And um, I like to talk about it, even when it's shitty, I like to talk about it because I like to reiterate that it's possible. Yes. And um, I used to not think it was possible up until... Really? Yeah. I've only been freelance working for myself since October. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was always really, really, really scared of... A lot of things, but mainly um, two things. Mainly I was scared I wouldn't have health insurance or be able to afford it. Yeah. And I was also scared that, just very simply speaking, I wouldn't be able to make rent. Okay. And neither of those things are true. Like, I'm able to do both as a freelancer. Yeah. I actually think, like, I am, like, overall wealthier in every sense of the word as a freelancer. Yeah. I don't know why, but I'm, like, saving more than I've ever saved before. I'm, like, more conscious of everything. So, like, I love to hear a single woman's perspective on working for herself and like what what are some of the what are some of the smartest choices or the best choices you've made that have made you able to do this for yourself I would say the biggest thing is just like never getting too comfortable um like I'm always hungry and I always want work and I'm also never going to get complacent like if you look at kind of the the trajectory of where media has gone it was like you know magazine editors and writers and what have you and that's still a viable career then there was the bloggers and then all those editors were like oh man I wish I started a blog blah 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 but then a lot of the bloggers did not really take to Instagram and kind of became I don't want to say irrelevant because there's lots of 
really great blogs that aren't, aren't very strong on Instagram. And now with Instagram, it's like that, they're changing the algorithm. So now those people like who don't have websites. So I think it's just so important, if that makes any sense, it to does. always stay on top of what is happening and what is current. That's why I launched a podcast. Um, I've dabbled in YouTube. I just don't think I'm very good at it. So I, I don't. But um, I think you have to always be diversifying and finding like different revenue streams, right? Like I would never want to be just um, making my money from Instagram, for example, or just making my money from a blog because say a brand, like a lot of brands this year have shifted their, their money from blogs into Instagram, which I understand. I'm like, the blog would be a better bet for you because Mm -hmm. there's more traffic there and that's where I convert the best, but it brands run on budgets and it's like, this is all going into Instagram. So they can't even, if they want to, put the money into a blog post because that's what their focus is or they're really focused on podcast advertising. So I think it's just so important to always keep tabs on what's coming up next. Mm -hmm. Um, keep on top of industry trends and this is very influencer specific. That's okay. And, um, never put all of your eggs in one basket and also focus on what you can control because like there's so many things like, you know, with an app or a third party, something where you're, you're reliant on them. Mm -hmm. And I just always want to focus on the things I can control. And for me, that's my blog, my podcast, my email newsletter, stuff like that. What is, of all the revenue streams that you have, what is your favorite one? The one that you would do for free? Well, we're basically doing the podcast for free. We have spent so much money on equipment and branding and um, incorporating. We haven't paid ourselves yet. So I would say that because I also get to meet so many amazing people with our guests Mm -hmm. and stuff. The blog, I've been doing it for nine years and I would do it for free, but it would be much smaller because it just takes up so much time. Yeah. I post like once a week for free. I love your blog. I really like your use of... um... Like, you've really diversified where you can go on your blog and the things yeah. you can click on and the things you can engage with. Oh, thank you. I really like that from a visual standpoint. I think that's cool. Um, I also do not get paid to make my blog. It actually costs me money. No, not my blog. I don't get paid to make this podcast. Yeah. And it costs me money to make this podcast. Yeah, you have equipment. You have your hosting. Yeah. Yeah. But my family thinks that this is my job now, and it's really cute. Like, they yeah. think that the podcast means that I got a new job. Oh, I get Are you still going to keep blogging even with the podcast? I'm like, <laughs> yes. Like, we will pay ourselves next month. It won't be much. It yeah. won't be enough to cover rent or, like, anything. Yeah. Like, sometimes we take ourselves out to dinner using our expense account because we talk business. Yeah. But, no. Yeah, so I relate. Yeah. It's a labor of love. Yes. You do this because you like doing it. Yeah, and eventually it will it will yeah. grow and, and make more money, but it's an investment. Yeah. I think any woman working for herself has to diversify. I think any woman at all has to diversify her income. Yes. Because you're right. You don't know what Instagram's going to do to its algorithm in the morning. You don't know, like, I mean, if you're, like, heaven forbid, wherever your blog is hosted, if that goes down for a day, that's a day of revenue that's affected. So, like, having having a variety of eggs and a variety of baskets is always really genius. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, What is the best thing you've ever done as a single woman traveled alone where to um well when i had a boyfriend actually i went to greece for two weeks because i was in between jobs so i wasn't technically single at the time but um last summer i went to southeast asia for two weeks by myself i was supposed to go with a friend actually but she had a personal crisis so i went by myself it was amazing um where else have i gone alone cuba no cuba was through a yoga retreat so that wasn't technically alone 
Um, I've done Charleston alone, but now I have all these friends there, so it's not actually alone. Um, I know I've traveled quite a bit alone. Oh, London. I love London alone because I'll go to all the different art museums and art galleries. Paris. Paris is great alone. It's my favorite thing alone. I go oh, once that's a year. awesome. Oh, I love that. It's the best thing that I've ever done. That is the yeah. best thing I've ever done as a single woman is Paris. Yeah, I think sure. traveling alone um, and also buying like whatever sh- nice shoes I want. Yeah. Um, I've got a great collection of shoes and bags, so if I do get married, like my husband will never be mad at me for spending too much money because I already have all the things I want. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there'll be something else I want, but like I, I really can't think of a, a handbag I need because I've bought them all. If that, like, I understand, like, when people get married, there there are discussions over money and who is spending what money on what, but I swear to you, I, I just can't ever see myself, like, justifying a purchase that I made to another human being. No. I can't do that. No. Maybe that's the best thing I've ever done as a single woman is get to a place where I know that will never be a part of my relationships moving forward. Yeah, I like that. Like, yeah. yeah. We're going to, Grace and I are going to buy whatever shoes and bags and plane tickets we want. Forever and ever. Yeah. Whether we're dating or not dating. And if Grace is dating, her engagement rates are going to go up. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm just trying to... No, it's fine. My engagement is fine. It was just, like, such a spike and, like, seeing people be, like, so happy for me. And I get it. But, like, be happy for people about other stuff in their life and not just their relationships. Could not agree more. Grace, thank you so, so much for chatting with me. Tell me about what is going on with your podcast. Tell us more about the tour because I want people to be able to come and see you. Yes, come and see me. So I host this podcast with my friend Becca Freeman, and it's called Bad on Paper. And it's all about our lives. Becca is also single. So if you enjoy this podcast, you'll probably enjoy that one too. But we are going on tour. Um, So the first one is in Chicago, May 29th. Then we're going to Boston D.C., um, Charleston, and Nashville, and that's all during, in June. So you can get information on that at badonpaperpodcast.com slash live. Amazing. Um, when you are in D.C., go to a restaurant called The Dabney. The Dabney, okay. It is one of my favorite restaurants I've ever been to in my life. I went there alone on a solo travel trip, my first solo travel trip ever, and it was so delicious, so scrumptious. Cool. Um, everyone's going to tell you to go to also Pineapple and Pearls, I think, is the is the other amazing one in D.C., but my personal favorite is the Daphne. If you live in D.C., go there tonight. It's so scrumptious. Get the cornbread and tell them Shaney sent you, but don't because they don't know who the hell I am. Um, thank you, Grace, so much for being here. I really, I really appreciate it. It was great to be here. Thank you. Before I end this episode, I want to answer a question that came in through the email address for this podcast, which is a single serving podcast at gmail.com. You're welcome to email me anytime if you have questions for me or questions for my guests. Um, and the question that came in was essentially a woman asked me where and how she could find her golden girls. And any golden girls reference in general is going to be really great for me. So thank you to the woman who asked this question. Um, and I wrote her back and, and the gist of what I said was, first of all, you probably already know your golden girls. Like it's kind of morbid to think about, but like men die first. We're, we're all still going to be friends with the people we love and hold dear to ourselves. Um, when we're in, you know, sort of the, I don't know, I, I hate calling it like the end of our lives. It's not the end. That's weird. Um, but when we're in sort of the, like, Chardonnay on the Lanai phase, I feel like we're all still going to have the friends that we have now. It's just going to be that we're all in a different phase of our lives. So more or less, um, you probably already know your golden girls, but I get what she was really asking, which was like, how do I find more single girlfriends? How do I find more single friends? Like, I don't feel like I have enough community. 
And it's definitely a recurring theme um, with the discussions that I've had in making this podcast and the discussions I've had with people who have written in after listening to it. So I'll say what I always say. I think it comes down to effort. We, um, we can get really easily isolated as single women and feel really alone and really um, just sort of like there's this there's this palpable silence that I have felt as a single woman where just like nothing is going on, no one's saying anything to you ever, like you're never top of mind with anyone else. And if you're in a phase like that, like believe me, I have been in one and um, you're definitely not alone in there. And I know how that feels. Um, the only thing that has really worked to pull me out of that has been myself. And it seems weird to like rely on yourself when what you're really after is other people. But um, I promise that that that's kind of how it goes. You have to put effort into making new friends and into finding new friends. They're not just going to show up. They're not going to appear out of thin air. Um, as much as I wish they would, I feel like um, our effort is going to be matched with result when it comes to friends in a way that rarely happens in the dating world. Um, that's just kind of the way that shit works. So the effort that I suggest people put in can come in a lot of different ways. You have more resources at your disposal than you probably realize right now. Um, one resource that I like a lot is friends of friends. We have a ten tendency to think that if we want to be friends with our friend's friend, we're somehow betraying the friend. And that feels very weird and very, um, very tired to me. So if you have ever been to a wedding of a friend and you met someone cool there that knew them also, or if you were at a party and you met a friend of a friend, um, I really encourage you to pursue those friend of friend relationships because those are resources that are being presented to you and you should take advantage of them. Um, and if you want to hang out with all three of you, awesome. If you don't, if you just want to hang out with this new person that you don't know that well yet, just hang out with the two of you. Like That's completely okay. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. And um, the friend that connected you should hopefully be really happy that the two of you connected because now like all of you can hang out in the future and she doesn't have to have like separate bookings or whatever. Um, so friends of friends are one of my favorite resources. Um, another resource is definitely going to be, and this sounds weird, but Facebook groups, um, especially mine quick plug there. There's a single serving podcast as a Facebook group. I encourage you to join, but in general, there are so many Facebook groups and so many local Facebook groups that bring people together under like a common theme or hobby or profession or goal or something. And just looking for something you like to do, on Facebook and maybe then the local version of that can connect you with other people who are interested in the same things that you are. I think looking for friends for friends sake is a really awkward experience, at least for me. But when you think about it from another platform, like joining a Facebook group that's united under a common theme of some kind, you already have something in common and it can take away some of the awkwardness and some of the intimidation. Um, so that's where I have found it to be beneficial to connect with people um, is through Facebook groups. And again, please join mine. There are so many cool women in there from all over the world, and it's really been inspiring to see people come together in this way and have this space to sort of talk about being single the way that we talk about being single, not the way it's discussed in other places. That was the question that I wanted to answer. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast this week. Thank you to Grace, my guest. Um, all of her information will be below in the show notes if you want to check those out. Um, as always, if you can take a second to leave a rating and a review or just a rating or just a review, either way, both are a really big deal. Um, and it would be great if you could take a second and do that. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. 
Next week will be Memorial Day, and I am going to publish an episode on Memorial Day that I really think you guys are going to like. Um, And until then, have a fantastic week and a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Bye, guys.